Welcome to the Liberty Moms Show. Chris Kimball hosting today. The Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their their children, their families, and their communities. And uh, we are part of the Loving Liberty Network, and we appreciate you listening in. And and well, and uh, would hope that you would share our recordings with others, other liberty minded individuals, both. Liberty Moms and Liberty Dads to join in and and be part of this Loving Liberty Network and especially the Liberty Mom Show. Today, I have got two patriots that I brought um, invited to be with me and they have been on, it's been a while since they've been on, but they have been working behind the scenes to instill election integrity in Utah. And um, Jennifer Orton and Sophie Anderson are both with me today and I think the first thing we're going to talk about is this: um, what we can do with the vote by mail um, system that we have. Right? Are you guys good to start with that today? Sure. Yeah, sure. we can do that. Yeah. Okay. So, just to give a little context to our listeners, vote by mail. It's interesting because most of the country kind of jumped on board with that very quickly during 2020 because of COVID. But for some reason, Utah had embraced this form of voting uh, back in 12, back in 13, 2013, 14, something like that. And they didn't really ask the people of Utah, like, hey, do you want us to just mail a ballot to your door, you know, and hopefully it gets there correctly and that only one ballot gets mailed and you don't receive multiple ballots and or ballots for people that aren't in your household. They didn't ask that. They just went ahead and made changes through the legislative process and implemented it first as pilot programs in the county. But again, the people didn't really have a say in it. And then I'm not sure which year you might, you guys might have that, but they made it universal throughout the whole state, which means everybody was sent a ballot, whether they asked for it or not. And unfortunately, during the last election cycle, we saw the huge problems that mail-in ballots can cause with fraud and with them not being delivered or received or stamped properly or um, anyway, there's numerous things. So uh, you went to the county clerk's office, both of you, and went through a process of trying to get that mallet, that ballot not mailed to you anymore, right? Yes. And so how did that turn out? Well, it was fascinating when we went in there um, and, asked, we said, so where is the um, form or list that we can sign our names to, to be removed from the mail-in rolls or list? And they looked at us like we had three heads. And then they said, um, well, we don't really have a form, a pre-made form for that. And then they went on to tell us that no one had really ever asked to be removed from the list. To receive mail-in ballots. Well, and, and that makes sense because um, 
well, actually, it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but um, the, the grammar requests that we have seen show that their intention is fully to do this complete process start to finish with mail-in ballots. And Dr. Frank, who Sophie and I have, have met with and, and has, is helping Utah and the others that we work with on this, it's interesting. He said the mail-in ballot is the easiest way to steal an election. They should be outlawed in our country. And that's really important for people to know. Why are they pushing to have only mail-in ballots? And why is it so hard to get your name removed from those? And that I think Dr. Frank just answered that question for us. Exactly. <clears throat> and you had made the point that um, with COVID, it seemed like it was an excuse for everything, including going to mail-in ballots exclusively. Um, it's interesting that in 2013, when Cox was our lieutenant governor, there was a bill that um, was passed that um, in any state of emergency, and some of the verbiage in that bill includes mass hospitalizations, um, that uh, there would, that all the elections would be turned over to the lieutenant governor. And it, it seems that it created this pathway for mass mail-in balloting. Yeah, this has been planned for a while. Well, I, <clears throat> I had a couple of questions for you. So are there other countries that allow their ballots to just go? I mean, honestly, I don't trust the mail service. Am I the only one that has had mail lost? Or I've had it. Um, delivered like six months later, whatever. I they're not reliable. I mean, again, that's another government service, and that's the one they're supposed to be good at, and they're not, not even reliable. So you're using the mail system, hoping that ballots all go out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know every country, but I do know that historically Venezuela's had a ton of problems. Myanmar has had problems this year. I mean, corrupt elections have been a topic for centuries. So whether it's the mail or what other means they're looking at, I mean, this is this is a pattern and I'm actually shocked and ashamed that we're here fighting this. Right. And we just have to remember that this this mail-in balloting was done in Yvonne, brought here with no, the people had no voice. We could not vote for it. It was just installed like many things have been lately. Um, and I, I don't know if that's, that's right. It, <laughs> I'll tell you from my experience up at the legislature, historically, it was always the Democrats that would bring forward the, the election um, bills. Like, okay, we want to make changes. We wanted, you know, let's do Voter same-day registration, same-day voting, things like that. And the Republicans would always just, nope, we're not doing that, nope, and we'd vote them down. Then they switched tactics, again, about eight years ago or so, and had the Republicans run all of these bills that, are, that change the way we vote. They change the whole process of, our, of how we vote from start to finish. And the Republicans picked that up. And because it was coming from the Republican Party, people were like, well, it must be good because Republicans are sponsoring these bills now. So we need to vote for them. Of course, the Democrats all vote for them. You know, they're all on board with it because we just picked up or the Republican legislature picked up the work that the Dems were always trying to do. You know, you brought up a point about you made a point about how when you went into the county clerk's office and they said, you know, nobody says anything. We haven't heard from anybody. Here's the deal. These ballots that have been received in the mail, they should have on them printed, if you no longer want to 
receive your ballot by mail, you need to either go to the govote.utah.gov site or come to your county clerk's office. But there should be a notification. See, the public has never been made aware that they could stop that. Exactly. And I think that, I mean, Chris, if I can go back to something you said a little bit earlier about, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats and all changes that are getting made to the election laws. Um, This was just posted this morning on Telegram again by Dr. Frank, but he said that everything that's supposed to help us um, have access to voting is actually only helping the bad guys, for lack of a better term. I mean, for example, early voting, it tells them how many ballots to stuff. Electronic databases tells them who votes, who doesn't, who orders ballot, who's mailed one when it's received, right? And then we look at the poll books. It tells them again who has voted. The electronic ballot scanners, they tell them what the current tally is. The electronic tabulators tell the bad guys what the counts are, which allows them to manipulate the data. Um, We get electronic reporting then. The bad guys tell the story to the officials and the public. I mean, here's the, the one thing I see in common with all this, besides the lack of integrity and transparency, is the word electronic. We've got to go back to losing the machines, losing the mail-in votes and, and ta- votes, and taking all of this stuff that they're using to their advantage away. Let's go back to one person, one vote, a mail-in ballot, and physical location where we check our... Exactly, exactly. And to Jen's point, um, I think many listeners would find it fascinating that there is, according to several counties, a lot of counties, the majority of counties, there is no video surveillance on these mail-in ballot locations. So who's to say that this is a complete clean chain of custody when someone drops off their mail-in ballot? What they're, they're there are endless possibilities of what could be happening if there's no eyes on these ballot locations. So, Exactly, because that's the whole point of once you vote, the, the ballots have to be safe and secure. And you normally have poll watchers, the campaign people that are running for office, send people to make sure everything is on the up and up. And that doesn't happen when the ballots are just sent through the mail system and hopefully received and then stored in an, an area which they say is safe and secure. But um, there's there's too many, like you say, the chain of command is not, that there's a lack of integrity with that. And so uh, the, the the problems are endless as, as, as what we've talked about. Well, some local libraries to see if I could get video footage of their drop boxes and things like that just for the election thing. And I, I think I got put on a, uh, a hit list. A hit list. <laughs> a, a bad list. Like they tried to name and my address, and, and it wasn't to help me. It was to. They said to create a report, and I'm like, I don't need a report. I just need your footage. Yeah, yeah. It's. They it's, said that they will not allow it to re- be given to anybody unless it is subpoenaed by court. Exactly, and and Chris, we're what we're seeing in our in our group and across Utah is if anyone questions the integrity of our elections, they have three letter agencies stuck on them. They have people um, following them. They have people threatening them. It is uh, if if you are so sure of the results of how your elections were run. Wouldn't you be screaming for an audit yourself? 
Well, and here's the scary part, and this just came out this week in a Salt Lake Tribune article. I mean, who is calling the FBI on these people? Well, well, now we know because Lieutenant Governor Henderson admits in this article this week, she says, this is an exact quote, Henderson says they have alerted the FBI task force that handles elections to go after some of these people who are just doing canvassing efforts. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And uh, we, 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 we have heard that they aren't just investigating. I mean, sometimes they're actually harassing, intimidating and slandering, slandering these people who are just asking a simple question. Exactly. You know, I have done canvassing myself, not here in Utah, but I did after the 2020 election down in Nevada And it's very important to do. In fact, the county, we were in Clark County, and there was enough fraud. And again, they're doing the same process, getting affidavits that go into court. They actually changed. They actually held a new election in Clark County for the county commission seat. So it was really important. And Clark County, this is Democrats. This Mm. wasn't Republicans. This wasn't like, oh, wow. Oh, the Republicans are upset about what it was a Democrat seat and the judge ruled by all of the affidavits that came in that there was enough that the question of whether this person had won legitimately or not, they held a new election. And this was for a Democrat seat. So it has nothing to do with party. And as we knocked on doors and just asked about people's voting experience and whether they you know, were able to use their ballot properly, they told us it didn't matter what party. They said, gosh, we're glad that you're here because we need to make sure elections are secure. There was nobody that was upset that we were just making sure that their ballot process, what they experienced with their ballot is what legitimately happened. That's all we were asking. Exactly. This should not be a partisan issue. Election. <laughs> partisan issue. And and here's the point. I mean, our taxes are audited. Businesses are audited. Even the LDS church, among other churches, do audits. Isn't it very suspect that some of our public servants who are over elections are angrily and even spitefully refusing to let us just look at the process? Of all things audit, I think our elections are the most important. Absolutely. I just do not understand where Lieutenant Governor Henderson is coming from because It's so, um, he said before, if you have nothing to hide, then you would be open arms and come and look at the process. Yes, let's do an audit. Let's look at a forensic audit. Let's settle this once and for all by doing an audit to make sure everyone feels that their vote is safe. That's the foundational brick of liberty in our wall, our liberty wall, is making sure that we have safe and secure elections. And that's their job. That's what was put in to do, is that election integrity. Exactly. And just this week, um, our Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant Governor Henderson, she tweeted, um, I quote, the end game of election conspiracy theorists is to destroy Utah's vote by mail system and severely restrict people's ability to vote. And wait, wait, 
that's, I mean, they are spinning that in the complete opposite direction. Yes. And then we have Becky Edwards this week, who is running for Senate, as you know, to replace Mike Lee. And by the way, we cannot let that happen. Do that. (laughs) Um, Becky Edwards chimed in the same thing, tweeting, we are seeing a coordinated effort across our state and across our nation to sell to sow doubt in the outcome of the 2020 election. The politicization of our election system is a dangerous threat to our democracy. Um, You know, uh, Jen, I agree with you on one point that you just said. Um, I agree there is a coordinated effort across the state and our nation. But what we are finding confirms that the effort is internal to stop the truth from coming out. Yes, and the lack of transparency. Transparency and the refusal to audit is the dangerous threat to democracy, not the people asking for truth. Exactly. And, and Chris, it's so vital that everyone understands that what Deidre Henderson is saying, oh, I support this audit that they're going to do. Supposedly, she's comfortable with this, this audit. That is not a legit audit. That is just to appease the public, people like us that are demanding transparency. What she's agreed to um, is not a true audit. And it should send out red flags. It's red flags that she's agreeing to it now all of a sudden. Well, it's, 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 it's an audit. It is an audit, but it's not a forensic it's audit. It's not forensic. And anybody you that you can audit and find anything you want to if you just withhold certain things you shorten the time frame so we did that's why the full forensic audit is really really important right here it's the only way it is and and i'm going to quote one of our most favorite heroes in utah phil lyman he uh, said, audit means to hear audit means to hear and so we're, we're at, the people of Utah are asking to hear us, hear us what we're saying, that we want election integrity. We're not asking to overturn any election, any vote. We're saying, let's really see that we have election integrity in our state. Yeah. And hear how we, give us how we voted. Exactly. That's all. That's all. We just want fair. Well, and the, the only parameter we have is 2020 because they destroy all the election data from former years. They're only held for 22 months. So, of course, we have to look at 2020 because that is the only election data that we have to look at. Exactly. Well, to go back to 18 or, or 12 or 10, we have to look at 20. And again, like you said, we're not asking like, oh, hey, let's overturn anything. No, let's make sure the, the ballot, the ballot, match the voter rolls. And Chris, so one of our main um, issues and what we would hope all and every one of your listeners would um, take action, it's it's a call to action, um, to call the governor's office and the AG's office and demand that they do not throw away and get rid of um, all of the election uh, data, um, documents, um, in September of 2022, because the second they do that, we don't have a chance. And, you know, here's, here's part of the problem too, is um, they're delaying a lot of this game that we face personally, when we're trying to get into this information, I hear other people saying the same thing is it's like, take it to court. We'll drag it out in court. We'll drag out your grammar request for six months and counting. Like we've got right here. They are looking for, for that September 2022 deadline 
And if they can survive until then, they will win. Exactly. And that's what we can't have happen. We've got to have the pressure right now. And, it, and we can't even wait. We've got to do it now. It's gonna. We've got a lot of work ahead of us still. We really do. And and just, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar, Chris, with um, the withheld voter rolls. Have you heard that? I've, I've, you know, I've heard the term. I've heard the term. But I'm not specific on exactly which those roles are. Okay, so that that is approximately 20% of the entire state's um, voter rolls. And they these withheld voter rolls are the missing piece of the puzzle to blow the lid off of what actually occurred in our elections. Um, by law, any legislator or elected official has privy and... Um, access to these withheld voter rolls. Two of our legislators have requested these withheld voter rolls, and they have done it lawfully and respectfully and the way the law has said it needs to be done. And our Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant Governor Henderson, she has denied these withheld voter rolls um, unlawfully to these two legislators. And it's our opinion that of course she is because she's fully aware that this will blow the lid off of what happened in our elections. But we're, we're still fighting. We're going to get those. Okay. So the withheld list is 20% of the voter rolls. So that's 20% that's not actually part of the regular voter rolls. Yes. It's they call yes. it private and withheld. Private and withheld. <laughs> It's supposedly, it's the list of people who said, you cannot give my private data, but we but have reason to suspect that not everybody on that list has, has opted out of their information. Yes, this is actually a very funny story. One of the people in our group, um, she, she just, uh, uh, it happened to be that she found out her husband was on that list. And he had never, ever asked to be on that withheld voter roll list. So those are the type of things, the discrepancies that if they occur enough, you don't even need people to um, um, intentionally cheat. You know, they, with all these uh, mishaps, you're going to have problems. So interesting how... Is- I've heard different numbers for those that I'm actually one of those that um, withheld my information because I don't know if the public is aware that the governor or the the state of Utah will sell the voter list to whomever contacts them with, I don't know what it is, $1,000 or whatever. Your name is just sold willy-nilly just because you're registered to vote. They've not asked for your permission to do that. They just do it. They just make money off of your voter registration. In fact, I have grandma requests in for multiple counties that I've paid for and received, uh, Salt Lake County, oh, yeah. Dave, um, asking for copies of every single person that's requested those and what they paid. And and it, yeah, you're right. You're you're right. I mean, but they're claiming that they're, they're withholding this and they're doing that intentionally. Dan, so- we, we've got to take a quick break here. We're going to be back. We've got more to explore with this. Um, voter vote by mail and everything going on in Utah. So stay with us here on the Liberty Mom Show. 
Welcome to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today. Thank you for staying with us. We've had a fascinating discussion with my guests, Jennifer Orton and Sophie Anderson. And before the break, we were talking about our voter list here in Utah and how there's 20% of the total voter list that are in a withheld status. And um, it's interesting because I guess the idea is we don't really know who is in that withheld status. It should be people who have opted out, meaning you've opted out so that the government won't sell your private information that's on the voter rolls. And I don't, you know, most of you listening might not be aware of that, but the the government, the state of Utah sells your information to whomever accesses the, um, wants the voter rolls. So that's why you're starting to receive all these emails from Republican Party or Democrat Party, whichever one you affiliate with, they sell those lists. So um, this withheld list is 20% of the voters, and they should be those that opted out. But I'm hearing, I have heard that those numbers of opt-outs were really much lower, more like maybe 5 or maybe 10% max, because most people didn't know how to go and opt out. Exactly, exactly. And and just from from things we've heard, you know, the, these lists are not accurate at all. But like much of, like the canvassing is not accurate that's done by our count. I mean, the process is broken and we need to fix it. But if, there, if this, I mean, I, I believe it could be as low as 5% that's on there, but they're hold, withholding 20% because that mess with the data we can get to actually really show completely and solidly what we think is going on. Exactly. And what's interesting is we, there was a lawsuit filed against Governor Cox, who at the time was Lieutenant Governor back in 2017. And opposite of what we're trying to do, the plaintiffs in this case were demanding that Cox not release the withheld voter rolls. And what's important and why we're bringing this up is in this lawsuit, Cox himself outlines why, by law, in spite of them saying don't release these, he said he has to hand those over. I mean, how ironic is that? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Three sixty. Exactly. And he so Lieutenant Governor's office. Let's think about this. He just admitted that the withheld voter rolls had to be given in certain circumstances, yet here we are with legislators lawfully requesting these withheld voter rolls in in those circumstances, and they are being refused, denied, and blocked at every angle. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing because, you know, I've known um, Lieutenant Governor Henderson for a number of years. She was in the legislature. She worked on Jason Chaffetz's um, campaign. And I've just been shocked at this change of behavior. Oh, that she's willingly wanting to to not obey the law and not her information that would that we the people were demanding our legislators to look at and review. And again, it's not to overturn. We're not we're not going to throw you know the Biden guy out of office. That's not what this is about. It is to make sure that we have safe and secure elections going forward and we have to look at this data absolutely absolutely and and chris it's been so um 
you know, you talked about this isn't a Democratic issue. It's not a Republican issue. It is so depressing to me that in Utah, um, it feels very much with this election integrity issue. It's the Republicans that are our worst enemies. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that, I, I, I'm afraid to say this, but were they the ones that um, benefited the most from any type of election fraud? That That's why they're protecting it so strongly. Um, Deidre, in my opinion, Deidre Henderson, our lieutenant governor, she should be wanting and requesting an audit herself to prove to all the naysayers that are, you know, they call us, we have the gold standard in elections. We're above and everything that I can see and Jen is seeing and our group is seeing within these internal um, uh, communications that I've gotten through grammar requests, it shows that Deidre Henderson is not quite the person she puts off in public. The way she talks about certain people and um, uh, labels and um, categorizes anyone that has questions about elections. And I'm even talking about how she talks about her own Republican legislators within our Utah state legislature. And we're finding that not Henderson, but in, in general, kind of high up. I mean, there was a, an article last week, right? Um that where the legislators who support the audits, Phil Lyman, Mike Schultz, and Mike Peterson, by the way, all amazing, amazing, true patriot leaders and heroes for Utah. Um, those three rep- representatives were likened to the insurrectionists from January 6th. I mean, that's, that's kind of hostile. I mean, and we have to remember also that Justin Lee, who was our previous director of elections in Utah, we just got another new one this week, which... There's there's a whole other set of stories there. But um, when Justin Lee was in during the primaries of 2020, remember that there was a Utah citizen who brought up solid turns to election officials that there could be pre-programming in the Dominion machines during these primaries. And again, you know, Mike Lee dismissed the situation and reported him to the FBI uh, Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Public Safety as well. I mean, they're they're aggressive with this going on. Is so that was term- that was Justin Lee from the lieutenant or the yeah lieutenant governor's office. Yes, yeah. yeah. So here you have the executive branch that is totally. Um, you know, you've got your three. You have three branch, three levels of government to create this separation of power, and you've got the executive branch. That's bullying the legislative branch. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, And you'll find it going back to Justin Lee. um, In one of the grandmas, he admits um, that when he got into office, that everyone in Utah County um, had keys to the machines, including the gardener. Oh. So if that keys to the voting machines. Yes. And, and, and here's another quote that we found that we thought was really telling. One of the county clerks himself said that their county elections were, quote, the epicenter of dysfunction. 
So if you're willing to admit that and you see that, wouldn't you want to audit, not for even the results, if that's not even your thing, but wouldn't you want it just to improve your processes? Exactly. Like who wants to work in an environment that's the epicenter of dysfunction? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So right now, what is it that, okay, so, you know, I realized we, we kind of went down a different path, but in the first segment, we talked about the fact that you went to get your names, uh, the, you no longer want a mail-in ballot sent to your door, which you didn't ask for in the first place, right? <clears throat> so what do people do to make sure that they don't get a ballot mailed in, in the future? So there's several options. You can go to your county building and you can say, I want to be taken off the list. And when you go, just bring some form of ID um, so they can, they're going to have to match up your signature. Um, um, and so, yeah, it's, it, I'm having trouble articulating it because they didn't even know what needed to be done to get off the list. To me, the safest method is going to be to email them. Given the fact that they couldn't even find their own form, I'm not feeling too confident (laughs) and they haven't found our vote sometimes. Um, I don't want to give them a piece of paper that they can say they've lost. So I would recommend email the clerk. We were told that they need to give their name, address, birth date, and a signature so that they can be matched up and removed. I would have the people also request a confirmation that it has been done. And this important part of this, if we can get at least 5,000 people in each county to do this, I know it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't if everybody just tells everybody they know. By law, they have to open up an in-person in-person voting location for each 5,000 people that opt out of this. And we need this. We need this. Yeah. Like going back to what Dr. Frank said, um, we cannot have clean elections with mail-in balloting. We just can't. And actually we're super excited that there is an initiative um, um, coming out to get rid of mail-in balloting. That's right. We need, yes. we need and help with that. We're, we're going to need massive amounts of people to show up and volunteer and help. We have to get those signatures. Um, or I, this is, this is the great hope, this initiative. I really feel I, I'm so optimistic about it. And it's kind of a miracle that it's been able to be done. So we need to follow through as Utahns and, and make sure this, this gets passed. Well, I know the initiative has caught the attention of the um, of the swamp per se. I'll call it the swamp here in Utah, the Utah swamp, because the Utah, let's see, the Tribune editorial board came out. Um, I think it was on Sunday, and uh, just totally slammed this whole initiative and how it, it how awful it is. So I thought, okay, we're over the mark. We are on the right track. <laughs> well, and just so you know, from from very very good and people I trust from within the legislature, they have let us know that the, the, the swamp, if you want to call them that, and even those on the fence, they know with initiatives, they know where the power is. It's with the people. And so initiatives are such um, powerful tools to get the legislators to do what we, the people, want them to do or what we feel is right. Right. And 
to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the initiatives, but I love to use it when our legislative body and our executive branch, which is more who is doing the pushback, I think now is the executive branch, but when they ignore the will of the people because they serve us and our Utah Um, A lot of people in the legislature and in the executive branch, they feel like they're controlling us. That's their job to to tell us what to do. And they have it backwards. Exactly. They have it backwards. One other thing that's really easy for people to do is to contact your county councils. I think we forget sometimes that the county council has the ability to demand an audit at a county level. And a lot of these counties are set up the same. So if we can get one county, two county, three counties who are willing to really look into this, you know, as the people want, we need it soon before those records are destroyed. But we need to get that. We need to get that rolling. Let's 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 let our voices be heard. That's a great you option. Know, that you bring up a good point, because when I was at the cyber symposium in August the county clerk over in Colorado, which she was in one of the smaller counties. I don't remember which one, but she heard from her people. Her constituents contacted her and said, we want a forensic audit. And so she did. She went in and took forensic images of her voting machines and of her servers and of her routers. And so they were able to see the um the manipulation of the machines and how somebody had written a program so that the security devices would be opened up and anybody could access the machine. And, and so it did it because of her constituents contacting her, she followed through and did the right thing. And we're looking for the heroes. I feel like right now, Utahns, they, they're hungry for a hero, for someone that will stand up. So it's fascinating to me that um, everyone that we are looking to as our elected officials like Deidre Henderson, they're, they're acting in ways that is the exact opposite of a hero. Well, and I don't believe that every county clerk in Utah is a bad person. I don't think they're all implicated in this whole thing. I think some of them are and some of them are rolling things out. I just think county clerks need to ask some more questions and learn more about the process. I mean, no one can know all this information, but we have we have people who are willing to to help show them to, what questions that need to be asked. And you know, but certain counties I again are more suspect than others. For for example, we recently just barely learned that of the 277 compromised passwords for Utah, for Utah, 206 of those are from Salt Lake County. <laughs> Serious? 277. Out of 277. Oh my! God. You heard it here first on Christmas. Oh, seriously, this is breaking news. That's crazy. But, uh, that many. We need. There are clerks. Integrity. We are looking for them. We are asking them to help, and we can help them if they need help with questions. There's plenty of people working on this. It's not just Sophie and I. There is so, are so many people who know how important it is. I want to thank them for everything they're doing behind the scenes. Right. There is. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I do want to reiterate that when we originally in the first segment, we talked about, for a lack of a better word, the bad guys, we're not calling and then we're not referencing the county clerks as the bad guys, but there are people 
really at a bigger, higher level that are that is orchestrating what's happening across the country in every state. And it's been going on for a long process. Some of these clerks may have only been in, in office for the last year or two or three years. And, and this is a process that's been going on for a long time because in Utah, it's taken a period of eight or so years, eight or 10 years to get us to the place we are today. It wasn't okay. overnight. But well, we- I, the first thing to do is start asking questions. And that, and I, I, that especially for the clerks, there are a lot of questions. This is new. I mean, there've been a lot of changes to our elections, right? 200 and something bills just it, since 2010 in Utah have changed elections. It's hard to keep up. We understand that. Yes. But we got to ask the questions anyway. Right. I would so appreciate and wish that these county clerks could um, maybe be a little more honest with themselves and understand and and not push the mail-in voting. I mean, just I think just as a normal average citizen, when you think about all the possibilities that can go wrong with mail-in voting, it, it it's it's just so obvious. And maybe that is the problem. It is so obvious that it's a problem. And we're not saying you can never have a mail-in ballot. If you have no. one and you have a valid reason, then, of course, you can have a ballot by mail. But right. the idea that the government is forcing you, this is this forcing, no, you will vote by mail. We're sending you a ballot, even though you didn't ask for us to do that. And exactly. that force by mail that happens every time there's an election and it doesn't take into fact most people when they move i don't care if it's across the valley or out of state they don't they i'm sorry it's not on their list oh i need to change my voting status i need to update my voting registration it's just not on their list of things to do when you move and so people end up moving and so they're not at that address anymore but all of a sudden their ballot is going to be mailed there even though they don't live there anymore. And that opens the door for fraud. And here in Ledge District 37, which just became Ledge District 34, but last year when I was helping uh, the gallery for office, Marianne, I found so many old people, 112, 105. Okay, most likely they're dead. But you know what? They got a ballot. So somebody in that household got a ballot that didn't belong to them and they knows what they did with it. Right. But there were a lot of old, old people. And so those names are not being cleaned up off the voter rolls. They're, they're not. And again, we go back to the point made earlier. We never voted. Our votes are sacred. They are one of the very few. I mean, they, they define our future. They define our present. Um, it's one of the few sacred tools that we actually have. We cannot give them up willingly, but we never voted to have mandatory mail-in balloting, just like we never voted for ranked choice voting. I don't believe, and I don't know how this can even happen, that they can make these decisions without the vote of the people. It alarms me. Exactly. Yeah. And and if you if you go back through grandma requests, you you see one by one, one by one county after county requesting to install RCV in their county. Um, and it's just, it's maddening because RCV, is like mail-in voting, it's another total gateway to more fraud. 
Well, and I want to clarify, so our listeners know when you're talking grandma, that is a government record access management act. Record. Yeah, so they're they actually, yeah, so they're, yeah, FOIA at the national level, but they're actually accessing an email specifically that was sent to or from Lieutenant Governor's office. That's why they can say, we can see exactly what Lieutenant Governor Henderson is saying about a legislator. And should be some respect um, among the colleagues from the different branches of government. And it's shocking that that's not happening. Exactly. And we can also get text. They don't like that. Any, anytime they're using any technology for, to do their, their public job, it, it's, it should be accessible. Those are the rights we have as people. And we, we hold those very dear. Exactly. And, and not only that, you can receive reports, um, uh, purchasing doc, uh, purchasing contracts. Um, these grammar requests are so incredibly powerful and useful. I, uh, to, to, to kind of understand the swamp at, in our, in our elect, dealing with our elected officials here in Utah, it's been quite eye opening to see what people say behind closed doors about each other and one another, um, and then how they act in public. And I know some of these legislators that, that we've been able to say, you know, I know you think they're your friend, but they're actually not. And this is what they were saying about you. Um, I think it's helped open their eyes to, we're kind of in a war. We're in a war. This is not, um, it's not, I don't know. It's not a play date that we're trying to decide who gets the toy. It's, it's very serious and intense. Well, it is. And both of these branches, like I say, are, are, are designed to work for the people to serve us. And instead, you've got this one rogue executive branch that is now bullying the legislative branch and totally ignoring the will of the people. Well, and not be willing to look at the, themselves internally. Like, let's make sure that we are doing safe and secure elections. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'll just let's look at it. And so, again, to go back to, to your listeners, if they would contact their county council, their commissioners, and then also let's not forget, we have a state auditor, John Dougal. You know, let him know that he needs to step in and step up to, you know, encourage this. And and Jen's point, and and to your point, the people of Utah have asked for a forensic audit. We have over 4,000 affidavits that have been signed and filed Mm -hmm. um, demanding a forensic audit in Utah. Um, You know, that, that's the people, that's what they're asking for. And Henderson knows this because she wrote the for, a form letter back to probably all 4,000 people <laughs> yes. that, that said, sorry, it's too, too late. Uh, you, you, you missed your window of opportunity. You know, goodbye. Yes. My paraphrasing, of course. Yes. Okay, so I have a question about the September 22nd deadline with the 2020 um, voting uh, ballots. So is that a federal law or is that a state law? Do you know? Because I'm hearing it's federal, but um, that there's a federal law that makes the states, like the states are uh, told they have to retain that data until 2020. 
So, um, what? In, hope I read it last. Um, I, I have a bill that will. Okay, we're we're wrapping up here. Okay, so okay, we want to give the the action points now. Your organization can people donate to help you the work that you do real, real fast in like. Absolutely. Um, we sell t-shirts on, um, on, sorry, we're pulling it up. We're, we're a little, we sell t-shirts and all the proceeds go to grandma requests. Um, okay. we, we got to wrap up. Okay. So, um, we're done. Thank you for joining us today, Jennifer and, and good luck with your work. And this is the Liberty. Thanks for joining in. Thanks, Thank Chris. You.